This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Jonathan Von Tobel here in the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network, talking some NFL. JVT, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. You know, having a you know not a terrible season, but it's just weird trying to figure out everything in the National Football League. We were just talking right off the air about the NBA and how hard that thing is to figure out. It has been uh, ebbs and flows in the NFL years. <laughs> Excuse me, so far for me. How about, well, Giants and Jets keep winning. Uh, Rodgers yep. and Tom Brady keep struggling. I mean, so uh, it's a bounce-back league from week to week. But, man, it's kind of – these things are kind of – you know, those patterns are starting to establish where we're going to have some real changes maybe uh, in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, you, you can – you could build a logical and like numerical cases, like for the Giants, for example, uh, against them, right? And and lucky, and at least how lucky they've been to a certain extent. But it's weird, Jimmy, because like this last week, right against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I thought that was a legitimate victory, right? I think they just barely, they either just barely got outgained or outgained them yards per play. I think they won that matchup. They won the turnover battle. Like it wasn't one of those games where you came out like the Broncos, for example, if you were on Denver and you were like, dude, we had twenty-one first downs to ten. Uh, it was ridiculous that the other team won this game. The Giants are actually coming off of like a, a legitimately solid performance against the Jaguars. So yeah, it's, it's been a weird year because you get these teams that you can make cases for like the Giants that they're getting way too lucky. Uh, and yet here they are. Uh, by the way, about to match their season win total. I have them over seven uh, and I'm one away of one win away from at least a push for the New York Giants. Which I'm very happy about, but it's so weird that they're here. Brian Dayball uh, getting a lot of run in. He's a, a yep. real, what was he preseason? Uh, for coach of the year. If I remember correctly, uh, he was actually near the top of the market. Dable's got a lot of respect. I think he was in the range of like 14 to 16 okay. to 1 at some spots. Say, so you ain't getting 14, 16 to 1 uh, anymore. Nah. But in that game, too, though, I had Jacksonville. But earlier in the game, uh, it was it was uh, a fourth and short. Or it was it's near the goal line. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, quarterback sneak, easy for a touchdown. I think it was even like a yard out. They had this much to go, inches, and up four. Late in third, early in the fourth, they go for it. I mean, get stopped. Not even close. Stuffed. And then the Giants go on to, uh, to you know, take the lead. And then the Jaguars come up uh, a yard short at the end. So, wild game uh, in Jacksonville. But uh, a quality a quality win on the road uh, in Jacksonville yep. for the Giants. And Jones has found a target uh, to replace Shepard and uh, rookie from Kentucky, Wendell Robinson, and doing really well. All right, let's get to the NFC West and look at a rematch in San Francisco on Monday night. Boy, that defense was just suffocating uh, for the Rams, and they finished it off with a pick six to kind of put the exclamation point uh, on that one. That defense, where were they? That was not the same defense I saw uh, Sunday against Kansas City. 10-0 lead, and then they never, ever stopped Kansas City the rest of the game. 
key game in this NFC West because 49ers not only pick up a game, but will own that tiebreaker, having swept the series against the Rams. Rams at home in L.A. catching one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams here. I just look, when it comes to this play, a, a good chunk of it is kind of playing against this perception of San Francisco. Defensively, they're a very good team, but they're also very beat up in multiple positions. There's cluster injuries that we kind of saw take effect against Kansas City. We'll see if they get healthier. But it's also play against Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, there was a lot of conversation uh, once we saw Trey Lance, of course, get injured, that the 49ers were upgraded because Jimmy Garoppolo was taking over. I've just, I've never really bought into it, Jimmy. And if you look at some of these numbers and performances, that is exactly what you're seeing. Like a guy who, even this last week against um, uh, Kansas City, yes, two touchdowns, one interception, but committed multiple turnover-worthy plays, only an average depth of target of about 7.7 yards downfield, a passing grade of 53.8 by PFF standards. That's not good at, at all. I just don't really buy into Jimmy Garoppolo being able to make the throws that are going to allow this offense to flourish. He struggles on throws 15 or more yards downfield. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL on those throws. He doesn't have the arm anymore. And yes, you get Christian McCaffrey. uh, But as we've talked about, Christian McCaffrey, as good as he is, he's a running back and he's not worth upgrading a power rating. So I just think when you're looking at this, and again, we can have conversations about home field and whatnot, but San Francisco was a one and a half point favorite when they faced a couple of each other, what, about a month ago or so. And now they're laying one and a half on the road. Uh, I just feel like, yes, the Rams are in a little bit of a tough spot. Their offense has not performed very well. Their offensive line is beat up. But this is just my play against the market's perception against San Francisco. I'm willing to go down on the ship that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is not very good. I was on Kansas City last week as part of a a contest and actual bet, and I'm just going to go back to the well here again and just play against the 49ers. Uh, McCaffrey uh, immediately had uh, 10 touches for 62 yards, uh, eight rushes and two receptions, um, and he did have a little bit more room uh, to re- in, uh, in receiving the ball, two receptions for 24 yards. But, um, yeah, boy, Garoppolo, and then, boy, the big one too. You know, the interception in the end zone on an early down was uh, brutal uh, in that one. So, uh, Rams again, plus one and a half. Uh, that is 425 Eastern kickoff, 125 out in Las Vegas. Minnesota uh, is uh, coming off a break and uh, taking on Arizona. So, Arizona, where did this uh, boy, New Hopkins, he helps a lot coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my few player props I had was him over, and he got targeted uh, a lot in that one and went over his uh, reception total pretty easily, which was in the low to mid-60s. Minnesota at home, minus three and a half. This line's come down, a little um, early action on Arizona uh, plus the three and a half. Uh, yeah, and I'll lay this here with the Vikings. And I think if you look at this, I think it's really clear to our eyes told us, right? Andy Dalton might have thrown three interceptions in that game, but there was some really tough luck on some of those throws for Andy Dalton in that contest. Uh, this Saints offense, though, despite being extremely banged up in the wide receiver core, uh, they moved this ball, and they moved, it ball real, they moved the ball pretty well against the Arizona Cardinals in this game. And obviously, if you don't give away three possessions, uh, we're talking about a game that probably turns out a little bit differently than 42-34. And so now I get Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings. And while we're looking at Kirk Cousins a lot of the times, and uh, it is maybe sometimes garbage time stats, or maybe you look at them and statistically or you know results-wise, they should be better than what they put forward at times. Kirk has still been really solid this year, and he gets to face one of the worst uh, secondaries in the National Football League. 
in the Arizona Cardinals. I just think that we're talking about a matchup where the Vikings are going to be able to come in with their passing offense and I think have a lot of success against a defense which is consistently graded among the worst in the NFL in terms of their ability to cover the pass. Now, surprisingly, and this is what's going to be interesting about this matchup where it might burn me, Jimmy, is if you look at the EPA numbers, the Cardinals are down there uh, among the leaders in terms of rush play, uh, right, defending the run. But I think it's because so many teams are just picking them apart into their secondary. There's no need to run the ball at a really high clip against Arizona. So I'm going to take this shot. I'm going to play against, you mentioned it, maybe there's some initial move off of the four uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. But I think the market and those who are maybe buying into the plus four aren't really realizing what happened in that Thursday night game where Andy Dalton and that Saints offense had a lot of success, just a little bit of bad turnover luck. I agree with you, JVT. I like Minnesota here, and I think what we're dealing with is a standalone game recency bias. And Arizona wins comfortably, but, I mean, uh, two and a half minutes, 22 points, two and a half minutes right before the uh, the half, I mean, that's just too much for the Saints team to overcome. So, uh, yeah, they gave up 500 yards also to Andy Dalton, and that's a team without Michael Thomas, uh, without uh, Jarvis Landry you know, uh, catching the ball for the Saints uh, as well. And no Marshawn Lattimore also in that game. So they were dealing with the backup cornerbacks, both of them uh, in that game. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I like Minnesota minus three and a half uh, in that one coming off a bye uh, also at five and one. Carolina in Atlanta, the first place uh, Atlanta Falcons, I should say. They are tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and four in the NFC South. Carolina out of nowhere, I mean, so I kept checking the game because uh, in a survivor pool and a lot of people had Tampa Bay, and the one thing I kept waiting for that Tampa Bay run, it never happened. It never happened. It just got worse as Carolina uh, just leaned on Tampa Bay and uh, for the easy win there. So now we see the – they're going to stick with uh, P.J. Walker – uh, in this one, so the go to Atlanta. Atlanta's four and a half at home against Carolina. What Carolina team do we see? The one uh, we I, saw against the Bucks or the ones before? JVT, you got an opinion? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see the good Carolina Panthers again here, and they, they deserve credit, Jimmy. Like it's not one of these games we're talking about, right, with the New York Giants or the Jets, where they're getting completely outgained at that game, uh, but they get like five turnovers that fall into their favor, and they get a little bit lucky with some special teams plays, and they ultimately come away with a victory. You know, if you look at what Carolina did in that game, uh, yes, they had fewer first downs, but they outgained them yardage wise. They had six point nine yards per play to four point nine for Tampa Bay. It's outgaining them per play by two yards, and that's against a quality defense by the way in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it has not been their weakness this year it's been their offense and PJ Walker himself uh, PFF said a statistic called big time throws uh, far uh, throws that are farther down the field into tighter windows he had six of them he didn't commit a single turnover worthy play he was rock solid for the Carolina Panthers and the best part is is now you take a big step down in competition defensively this is the second worst defense in the National Football League in the Atlanta Falcons and EPA metrics and other grading systems uh, this is a front seven that can be ran on it is a secondary that can be thrown on and the flip side of it is while the Buccaneers have really struggled offensively and they are well into the mid-20s now uh, if a lot of offensive metrics this Carolina defense has quietly been the strength of this team if we're talking about overall defensive EPA per play they are a top 10 unit right now or on the fringes of it the way they play the run which is what Atlanta wants to do right they want to run the ball this is up there as the third best rush defense in the NFL in some metrics I think that when you're like this might be the time now to start to as the market it gets a little bit more respect for Atlanta to maybe come in and play against them. But I also think there's quite a few matchups here that play out in the Carolina Panthers' favor, not just an overreaction from what they did to Tampa Bay, but just looking at what we know about them. 
Um, the yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, the last uh, undefeated team, ATS uh, in the NFL, finally got it to put on him and put on him in a big way. First play of the second quarter in Cincinnati, uh, Jamar yep. Chase, thirty-two yards from Joe Burrow uh, to go twenty-one nothing of the of the seven games we had on one Eastern kickoff, the early slate. I mean, this was the sleeper uh, early on. Joe Burrow also in that game, <clears throat> only the third time in the NFL history. 80% or more completion percentage, 480 more yards, three TDs, third time. Yeah, this might be a buy low spot on the uh, on the uh, uh, fade in the Atlanta Falcons right now. We've been waiting for them to kind of fall out their yep. tree a little bit. And, boy, there's some early signs. We we all respect uh, Burrow and his ability to throw the ball, but 480? I mean, my goodness, and three touchdowns. It was over early. So, Carolina, plus four and a half. Divisional game, also getting over a field goal. You got to like that uh, as well. And I was, and, and I know this is not a high profile game, but preseason, um, or maybe even early, this this was never uh, over uh, a field goal in Atlanta. So we'll have oh, yeah. to see. And Mariota has been more than serviceable. He and Geno Smith, uh, similar career paths to this point, and similar uh, performances. Uh, so far Rams plus one and a half against San Francisco Minnesota minus three and a half at uh, against Arizona and Carolina plus four and a half at Atlanta anything else you want to add JVT uh, no I think you actually hit on one thing that that did stick out to me and I think we should probably notice and move forward I, I think the Bengals are starting to get better and, and I think that's like the, the important takeaway it, it was the perfect matchup for them to kind of pick apart a, a Falcons defense as you alluded to we knew that there were some weaknesses but slowly and surely, offensively, every single week, the statistics get a little bit better for Cincinnati. Uh, their offense gets a little bit more explosive. And then you look around that division, and you see that the, the, the Ravens, of course, can continue to kind of scuffle along, but still are very, very flawed. We know what's going on with Cleveland and the Pittsburgh Steelers are fighting, but they're not going to win that division anytime soon. I, I think this might uh, we might start to see that Bengals team that a lot of people expected, Jimmy, in the offseason, and they might start to put themselves, uh, at least from some distance, between them and the rest of the AFC North, I think, for, as we move forward yeah and I, I said that as far as the Bengals are concerned before the season uh, they're going to be better uh, now to expect them to have this as deep of a run in the playoffs is unrealistic mm -hmm. uh, but so a couple of things are, it takes time a rebuilt offensive line does not gel just overnight so that has taken some time and Joe Burrow was getting hit more than last year's offensive line they've gotten better um, they picked up that momentum. The way they closed out in the Superdome against the Saints, I mean, they picked up and just hit the ground uh, running against Atlanta in the first quarter last week. And also Joe Mixon. How much does it mean he's tipping off run or pass plays in his different stance uh, at his running back? So a few things and a little bit of Super Bowl runner-up hangover uh, to overcome as well. But, no, that's a good team that should only get better. All right, JVT again, Carolina, Minnesota, and Rams. For Jonathan Von Tobel, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bat Rivers Network.